the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk A service of the Salem. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. God wants the world to see what true Christianity is all about, holiness in action. And what better place to demonstrate purity and holiness than in vile, immoral cities? I mean, that's where the contrast shows. Too many Christians want to retreat to the suburbs. You've probably heard about many, many churches, especially in inner cities, want to move out and go to the suburbs where they're, where they're sort of free from all this corruption. And I have, I have some difficulty with that. I have some difficulty with that if you, if you leave for that reason. God wants his church right in the midst of sin. God wants his church right in the midst of sin. What did you think when you heard that? Did that make you a little uncomfortable? Or did you think of Matthew 5 where Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Perhaps we should categorize this as a new way of thinking for us. The solution to pagan influences isn't retreating from sinful people. It's to think differently from them so that we don't act the way they act. We are to follow the example of Jesus Christ and rub shoulders with them and allow God's love to spill out of our lives and into theirs. This is Verse by Verse, and we are ready to dive in and see what Pastor Steve Kreloff has for us today. Now, as far as worship goes, Diana was the goddess of fertility which basically means she was a sex goddess. That's, that's really what it means. And from my studies, as I understand that worshiping her was just basically one big orgy. That's, that's really what it amounted to. Prostitution and immorality and moral filth was really what worshiping Diana was all about. One Greek philosopher said this about the worship of Diana. The temple was the darkness of vileness, the morals lower than animals, and the inhabitants of Ephesus fit only to be drowned. That was their problem. They were to be different. 
but they lived in a place that was so immoral it was pathetic. But you know what's exciting to, to learn about that? Not exciting to see the moral filth, but exciting to see that, that that's where the Lord raised his church. And Ephesus really wasn't unique. I mean, you go through the New Testament and you see where God raised his church. In fact, Paul went to centers. He went to the most immoral places and led people to the Lord. And it's exciting to see that. I mean, Paul didn't operate in, in the suburbs. I mean, he did there too, but his center of of getting the gospel out and the center where God raised up his people, his church, was immoral, wicked cities. There was Corinth. I remember in studying for, uh, for a series on Corinth, uh, the first Corinthians we did a number of years ago, I have never studied a more and known of a more wicked place than Corinth. The only thing I can compare it to today is San Francisco. In fact, Corinth had so much immorality and prostitution that one writer said it's not every man who can afford a trip to Corinth. To call someone a Corinthian was like calling them a drunkard. But that's where the Lord raised his church. He raised his church in Rome. I mean, the very heart of the empire was Rome. Places like Thessalonica, Philippi, Colossae, all of these places. Wicked, vile places. And that's where he sprang up his people. Centers of paganism. You know, that's where the Lord wants his church. That's really where the Lord wants. Even though there's a problem in people being pulled in the direction of the, uh, the ungodliness, he wants his church in places like that. Why? Because God wants the world to see what true Christianity is all about. Holiness in action. And what better place to demonstrate purity and holiness than in vile, immoral cities. I mean, that's where the contrast shows. Too many Christians want to retreat to the suburbs. You've probably heard about many, many churches, especially in inner cities, want to move out and go to the suburbs where they're, where they're sort of free from all this corruption. And I have, I have some difficulty with that. I have some difficulty with that. If you, if you leave for that reason, God wants his church right in the midst of sin. I so appreciate the stand that Moody Bible Institute has on that. You know, Moody Bible Institute uh, turns off a lot of people, a lot of prospective students from going there. You know why? When parents find out where it's located, they'd like their, their children to go some other place. I remember Michelle's folks telling me that uh, they just couldn't stand to leave her there. Moody Bible Institute is right in the heart of downtown Chicago. It is surrounded by wickedness on all sides. In fact, there's one street that surrounds Moody Bible Institute. I think it's called Well Street that surrounds Moody Bible Institute that uh, the uh, women are not even allowed to walk on that street alone. Wicked place. Wicked place. It's, uh, it's close to an area called Caprini Green. I was a naive freshman uh, student and I decided one day I was going to go to Caprini Green alone and hand out tracts. And I went there, and uh, I had a great time, just a great time handing out tracts alone. And then when I got back, uh, some friends said, where'd you go? And I told them, and I, I thought they were going to faint. No, they said, nobody goes there alone. Well, I was just too dumb to know that I wasn't supposed to go there alone. But that's the kind of neighborhood it is. And, and there's, there's a lot of pressure on that school to move out of Chicago and go to the beautiful suburbs. And Chicago has great suburbs, but they won't do it because that's where God wants his word to go out. And we need to be a lighthouse in a dark 
world. You see, the solution to pagan influences isn't retreating from sinful people. That's never been the solution. You know what the solution is? It's to think differently from them so you won't act like they act. That's the solution. They behave the way they do because they think the way they do. And what we need to be careful of is that we don't think like them. We're not to retreat from them. We're to rub shoulders with them. I mean, Jesus did. He was with publicans and with sinners. He didn't retreat from them. He moved in their midst, but he had a renewed, redeemed. Well, we shouldn't say redeemed. He He had a mind that was pure, and we shouldn't really say renewed. He was God. But for us, we are to move in the midst of, an, of a sinful world with correct thinking. That's the problem. The problem is there are pagans all around us, and we're not to live like them. And the tendency is for us to live like them. If it wasn't, Paul would not be writing this. He says, I affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk. In other words, the implication is some of you are walking that way, and you need to stop it. You need to just stop it. And then he explains to us the past walk. He's telling us how wicked the past walk was, how wicked the Gentiles do walk, how wicked those who don't know God really are in their attitudes and in their behavior. And so let's look at the past walk. The key to understanding the lifestyle of a pagan, we're not talking about somebody in in Africa or Asia now, we're talking about someone who doesn't know the Lord, who's right here in Clearwater. The lifestyle of a pagan, the the key to understanding that is found at the end of verse 17. How do they walk? They walk in the futility of their mind. They walk in the futility of their mind. In fact, the mind is the whole key to understanding what Paul is dealing with. Let me show you this. He goes on, we'll explain this in a few minutes, but he goes on in verse 18 to to say they are darkened in their understanding. There's the mind again. Because of their ignorance, he says, there's the mind again. Look at verse 20. You've not learned Christ in this way. You haven't learned. Learning is part of the the mind. Uh, Verse 21. You've heard him. It involves the mind. You've been taught in him. It involves the mind. The truth, as it's in Jesus, involves the mind. Verse 23. To be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The, The key to understanding the difference between us and the world is different thinking but they walk in the futility of their minds. The word futility means vanity, but not vanity in the sense of of pride. I mean, that's how we use vanity sometimes, but that's not what it means here. But vanity in the sense of uselessness, aimlessness, emptiness, pointlessness, lacking direction. That's what this word means. It means an aimless, pointless, meaningless mind. In other words, an unsaved person has no purpose in his life. His life is meaningless because of the thoughts of his mind, because they're meaningless. They have no moral direction, no standard. They're aimless. They have have no direction, no goal. You hear unsaved people talking about having no purpose in their life. I remember before I was saved, that was one of the things that really uh, came to, to my thinking, that I have no purpose I had no purpose, no meaning, just kind of an aimless wandering and with my thoughts, always seeking to have something that would be fulfilling and never able to have that fulfillment. But that's the, that's the characteristics of an unsaved person. No purpose in their lives because they have a mind filled with purposeless thoughts. That's why unsaved folks do anything to find meaning to life. That's why they get so, so caught up in their business. 
They get so caught up in, in activities. They get so caught up in, in, in all kinds of approaches to life because they're trying desperately to find meaning. They try to find it through drugs, through sex, through money, through fame, through alcohol, but they never find it because their thinking is empty. Empty thinking leads to an empty life. And you can fill it with all kinds of things, but if it's, if it's void of the Lord and the glory of God as being your, your purpose and your intent, then it is empty. It is aimless. It makes no sense. You know, that's what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is written from the approach of a man who finds no meaning to life. Ecclesiastes says, the preacher says, all is vanity. Futility of futilities. Vanity of vanities. That's, that's what Solomon says. All is empty apart from the Lord. And then he closes with it. It says, it says, and, and I'll just paraphrase basically that, that the whole point of man is to love God and fear Him and obey Him. Apart from that, life is meaningless. Even though people may fill it with all bunches of things, it, it is basically empty. We are to walk like that. We are not to walk like that. We do have purpose. It's the glory of God. It's the standard to the Word of God. We have direction. The truth of Scripture. That's what we're to fill our minds in. We, we have standards. We have morality. We have meaning because we know the truth from God. But how did an unsaved person ever get into this situation where their minds are futile? Well, there's a downward path that leads to futility, and I, I hope you follow with me the argument. I think Paul is going backwards, because look at verse 18. They've come to a point where their, their minds are futile, empty, but how did, it, how did it start? Well, we're going to go backwards and see how it started. We'll, we'll go in the reverse order, because I think that's what Paul does. Verse 18, being darkened in their understanding. Being darkened in their understanding. Darkened, the word comes from a, a word meaning to make blind. It means darkness, blindness. And the Greek tense here means something that took place in the past with permanent lasting results now in the present. They are continuing to have a darkness. In other words, because men intentionally darkened uh, their own minds from the light of God's truth, God permanently darkened their minds. I think this is illustrated by Pharaoh. The Bible says in Exodus that Pharaoh hardened his heart. And he kept hardening his heart and hardening his heart and hardening his heart to, to God's words through Moses, let my people go, to the point that he hardened it uh, to, to, the, uh, to the point where the Bible says that God hardened his heart. And I think that's here. Men have darkened their minds so much by rejecting the truth that the Bible says God darkened their minds. Darkened their understanding. We see that illustrated in John's gospel. The Pharisees were like that. They refused the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and they refused that. And finally, God blinded them. They refused to see, and finally they couldn't see, even if they wanted to, but they didn't want to, so don't feel sorry for them. In fact, John chapter 12, we haven't gotten up to that yet, but I'd like you to see this. John chapter 12 you don't really need to turn there. I'll just read it. John 12, verse 40, says this. He's quoting from Isaiah. He has blinded their eyes and he hardened their hearts, lest they see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and be converted and I heal them. 
When they saw the light, they refused the light, and God says, you've reached the point where you can't see the light even if you wanted to see the light. See, God just confirmed them in their own blindness, but they started the process. The Lord didn't. Now, this doesn't mean that unsaved folks don't have knowledge. They have a lot of knowledge. But it means that they don't understand what really counts. I mean, what they understand is is sort of purposeless things. If you've ever been around unsafe folks, you've been to a, a party, or you've gotten together with some folks, and after a while it can drive you crazy because they talk about nothing. They talk about nothing. Now, I'm not saying every moment we, we have to be discussing Bible truth. That's sort of unrealistic. But if you're around unsafe people after a while, you see that it is meaningless conversation to spend 24 hours or, or, or at least your waking hours of the day to discuss all these purposelessness events. But unsaved people know a lot of things. They just don't understand what really counts, spiritual truth. And the, the irony of it is, is the unsaved man thinks he's enlightened because he rejects the Bible and he accepts man's philosophy and he thinks he's brilliant when just the opposite is true. In fact, he can't perceive spiritual truth. Paul tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He writes all his little booklets about how smart he is and all his little booklets about how the Bible is wrong, but really he's in the dark. He just thinks he's enlightened. Paul says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They just don't know that they're fools. Verse 18 goes on to say, because being being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God. Because of their darkness, they're alienated from the very life of God. Darkness and alienation go together. They have to go together because you can't have spiritual life if you reject spiritual truth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A person is born again when he receives with meekness the word of God which is able to save his soul, James says. You can't have spiritual life if you reject spiritual truth. Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. And also, I am the life. You just can't separate that. So they're alienated from God. They're separated. They, they don't know him at all. That's why they're pagans, excluded from the very life of God. Now, why does a person become spiritually blind and spiritually alienated from God? It's because of ignorance. Because of ignorance. Look at the rest of verse 18. Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God, because or on account of or due to the ignorance that is in them. The ignorance that is in them. Romans chapter 1 gives us this downward spiral, downward path of, of darkness. Verse 20 says, Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. Men knew at one time that the truth of God, they could see revealed in the heavens, the heavens declare the glory of God, but they rejected that. Verse 21 says, for even though they knew God, they, they didn't know him in a personal way, but they knew the truth about God. They didn't honor him as God or give thanks. They became futile in their speculations. They rejected the truth. They became ignorant. Why? Because they wanted to become ignorant. And we'll see in a moment there's something more to it. They became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. You see, first, they were ignorant. Because they wanted to be ignorant, and then God darkened their heart. 
professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Ignorance leads to darkness. It's connected, but ignorance leads to alienation and leads to darkness. When they knew God, they said, no, we don't want the truth about God. Why are people so ignorant? Why are unsaved people so ignorant? Look at the last part of verse 18. Because of the hardness of their heart. That's where it all begins. Hardness of heart. The Greek word that's translated blindness or hardness comes from a word that originally meant a stone harder than a marble. It was used in medical terms too to explain a callus or express a callus that forms where a bone has been broken and reset. And there's a callus apparently that forms which is harder than the, than the bone itself. The word also meant a loss of sensation, an insensitivity. If you've ever, any of you men or I suppose women, have played handball, you know that you hit a handball enough and your hand becomes calloused. And, and you can't feel it. it, it you can't feel pain. You can sm- and that ball is very small and very hard. In fact, that's why I switched to racquetball. I thought, who wants to hurt my hand? I mean, in the process of smacking this, it takes a while to get it calloused. But once you've got it calloused, it's insensitive to pain. It's hard. It's harder than the rest of, of any part of your body as far as the skin goes. A pagan, unsafe person has no feeling towards God. He is calloused to the truth. His heart has become so hardened, so petrified, that it has no feeling in it towards God. It is just hard as stone. It's a rock. Won't be penetrated. That's where it all begins. This is an unsaved man. That's the picture. That's the past walk of, of, of the unsaved man. He's got a heart of stone. He's insensitive to God's revelation, which leads him to reject the truth and become ignorant. This ignorance makes him darkened in his understanding and alienated from God, which leads to a man who operates his life apart from God, but is centered on aimless, purposeless thoughts of his own mind. That's the picture of of unregenerate man. And Paul says, don't live like that. Don't live like that because it's obvious that it's possible for a believer to live somewhat like that. You say, no, believers can't do that. Yeah, we can to a degree. To a degree we can. Every time we reject the authority of the word of God in our lives, every time we do this, we operate on our, our own understanding. We're living like a pagan lost person who's rejected the same revelation from God. Every time you say, I'll do what I want to do, then you are just recapturing the very spirit of lost man. And why is that so dangerous? Why is it so dangerous? Because futile thinking and darkened understanding and ignorance leads to wicked behavior. Don't think that what you put in your mind and what you think is going to be different from the way you behave. It doesn't. That's why the Bible says, I quoted before, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It leads to wicked behavior. Look at verse 19. They've got a hardness of heart, futile minds, and they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Calloused, calloused to morality. To continue in sin is to become insensitive to morality. If you say no to God's voice over and over and over again, you become calloused to his convicting power. 
Here's a question we should ask ourselves. Has the Holy Spirit identified any calluses in our life? You know, it is easy to point at people who are without Christ and say how wicked they are. Let's make sure that we're living our lives in such a way that Christ is obvious to those around us. And that involves a proper way of thinking. We have much more to learn as we go through this study on the walk of the new man. If anyone is if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new man. The following studies in this series will help us to understand what it means to be a new man in Christ and to walk like a new man. You have been listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. I'd like to invite you to join us for the next Verse by Verse as we continue to learn about the walk of the new man. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.